I've been getting in my steps, lifting weights, and now I'm trying really hard to get as much protein as I can. That's why I'm excited about trying Clean Simple Eats because they're just that, clean and simple. Their protein powder is always grass-fed with no seed oils or artificial ingredients. It's third-party tested and non-GMO and gluten-free. They've got 26 delicious all-natural flavors. You really can't go wrong with any of them. They've got Simply Vanilla and other unique flavors like cookies and cream, caramel toffee, and even cinnamon roll. I have a feeling my entire family may just like Clean Simple Eats protein powder, and they're probably going to use it every day because it's so easy to put into your milk or a recipe my daughter loves to bake or in a smoothie, which my son loves to drink almost every day. You can It's amazing really in any form. Visit cleansimpleeats.com and use the code ASKLISA20 at checkout for 20% off your first order. That's cleansimpleeats.com with the code ASKLISA20 for 20% off your first order. Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. This is Ask Lisa, a podcast to help people understand the psychology of parenting. Psychologist Dr. Lisa Demore, author of two New York Times best-selling parenting books, takes your questions. And I'm co-host Rena Ninen, a journalist and mom of two. Some of what we talk about comes from raising children ourselves. Most of the time, I'll be getting answers to your parenting questions. So send your questions to AskLisa at drlisademore.com. Episode 87, do I really have to send my tween to sleepovers? There's one thing that I just refuse to do, and it's sleepovers. Because you know what? They call them weekovers because <laughs> the hangover lasts for a week. Okay, so I hate sleepovers too, Rena. We've never had this conversation, but like, okay, true confessions, we both hate sleepovers. And I hate them for the exact same reason. Nobody sleeps, and then your kid's a big mess, and then you're dealing with the aftermath of that. Yeah, so we got this letter from a mom. It was really interesting. I want to read it to you. It says, Dear Lisa and Rena, I'm so grateful for your podcast. It seems every time a new episode comes out, the topic is just what I need to hear. I have a question about sleepovers. My daughter is a tween and is getting invited to sleepovers, usually for a birthday party or special occasion. Aside from a good family friend, we have taken the no sleepover approach. My instinct as a parent tells me that the risk and worries of sleepovers are greater than the benefits. I am uncomfortable with my child being someplace overnight where I don't know the environment, or in some cases I do, and it's not where I want my child. I worry about safety, them being in a situation where they feel stuck until the morning. I feel bad saying no, and my kids miss out on social activities, but I can't help but feel sleepovers are unnecessary. I would appreciate hearing your take on this. Thank you for your help. 
So are they really necessary? Do we have to no. do them? <laughs> no, I don't think they're necessary. But they do happen, and your kid's going to get invited, and so you got to have a plan, right? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so let's start with there's so much to love in this letter. I, I Like, Rena, really, the letters we get, I, I'm always just like, I'm so moved by how thoughtful they are, how detailed. I mean, it's just it's incredible. Okay, so yeah. in this letter, I just want to call out a few things. One is the kid does spend nights away from the house, you know, that she's going over to family friends, trusted others. And so and to me, that kind of checks a box. It's not about this kid being anxious and afraid of sleeping away from home. That mm-hmm. is not the issue. And, mm-hmm. I, and I think that's that's good. Like, it's good for kids to be able to sleep away from home if they want to. And then the other thing that is so thoughtful in this letter is that this is a parent who's saying, I, it just doesn't feel right. Like, there's homes where I don't want her overnight. Mm-hmm. And and I don't really know what the story is there. And, and I just, I so appreciate this parent listening to that gut instinct of, like, either I don't know the story or I do know the story and I don't feel great about the story because I think it is a big deal to have your child spend the night in another person's home, especially if you don't feel like that is going to be as controlled an environment as you would want for your kid. And so I so appreciate this parent just feeling like, you know what, I've put the kibosh on it because I just don't feel good about it. And I really honor that and I really respect that. And I, and I want to just say that right out of the gate. Mm. So do you think it's okay to make a no sleepover rule? Is that fine? Because she's saying here, She's invited to sleepovers in this age bracket, you know, this tween age group for birthday parties or, or big celebrations. And that's kind of hard if you're a kid and your son like, no, my mom won't let me go to sleepovers. It is hard, right? And this is one of the things that is a recurrent theme in our podcast is the social cost of a choice a parent may otherwise feel good about. And there's so often we're sitting in that tension of, you know, do I d- damage my kid's social life while sticking to my, you know, values on this? Now, one solution that I learned about when clearly I was the one hosting a sleepover, despite what I have said about hating <laughs> sleepovers, but when my older daughter was in elementary school, we had at least one sleepover, and one of the families did the most brilliant and elegant thing, and I think you know everyone should have this at their disposal. They said, without any weirdness about it at all, they were like, oh, we don't do sleepovers, but... We're happy to get her as late in the evening as you'd like and to bring her back in the morning. Mm. And it was brilliant. It was brilliant. And, of course, you know, they're inconveniencing themselves a little bit because I think, like, you know, they came in and retrieved her at 10. Mm -hmm. And I think they brought her back at 10 the next morning when, you know, the action was starting. But I thought it was such a wise way to hold that line. And they presented it in such a matter-of-fact way that I didn't really give much thought to the rule. I was like, that's a great rule, of course. And yet their child was involved in the social aspects um, in the ways that we would want a kid to be. Mm. So that's really fascinating that, that they were able to sort of have the best of, of both worlds and you know, the child got their sleep and, and they're still enjoying it. But what have you found, like, first off, what does the child lose by not going to sleepover? Well, I do think there can be that kind of sense of feeling left out. And I will say, even the child whose parent is as wonderful as these parents were willing to, like, come at 10 and ret- return the child in the morning, 
you know, I think the the thing that's exciting about sleepovers for kids is that, you know, all in your sleeping bags, on the mm-hmm. floor of some place, yeah. you know, um, kind of middle of the night. Like, I have such, such vivid memories, Rena, of being in the fifth grade. We were living in Chicago at the time. And being at my friend Jenny's house for a sleepover with, like, our pack of friends and, like, watching Sha Na Na until, like, <laughs> some ridiculous hour. But I also, as much as I have a kind of fond memory of that, I also have a very distinct memory of being the kid who was like, oh, my gosh, could we please go to sleep? Like, really? I just want to go to sleep. I was never that kid. I never thought about that. Did you go on sleepovers? You know, I'm actually really grateful now. It drove me nuts. My my mom, I would get a birthday invitation. It's a sleepover. And I knew, I knew that my mom would not let me go because she just had this rule. She doesn't want me going to places where she didn't know the family, which I, I think is, I'm totally on board with that as a, as a mom now. But it was really my, my friend Jenny, who was a neighbor across the street, and my cousins. Those were really the only two places. Um, but she did exactly what that mom did. She would let me go to the party and then she would come get me at like 930 as the girls were going to bed. And then so I still got to be part of the party, but I didn't do the sleepover. So I, I felt like I was able to enjoy it. But you still feel a little bit like a reject, like, oh, my mom's the yeah. one who's not going to let me go. <laughs> Here comes my mom. Yeah, but you <laughs> yeah. know what? In hindsight, you know, I, I didn't have to deal with any creepy dads or, you know, I'm, I'm glad she sort of protected me in that way, you know. Well, and there is the creepy factor. And I will say, and, and you know, you know, I am so not a fear mongering type. Like, you know, that's know. actually the opposite of my way of thinking. But I have had to care for situations where there was either an older sibling or a friend of the older sibling who right. was over. Right? right. I mean, it's like you don't know who's going to be at the house at any given time. And I have in my clinical experience cared for younger girls who were at another kid's house, and I don't know if it was sleepover or not, but sleepovers sort of lend themselves to a fair bit of low supervision, where an older sibling or a friend of an older sibling thought it would be really funny to show the little kids porn or the younger kids porn. And, and, you know, my take on this as a psychologist is I think that kid was pretty freaked out by it, and sometimes kids – and adults will process things like if I feel freaked out, like maybe I don't have to be alone with this freaked out feeling. I'm going to freak somebody else out. So I, I I have empathy for what might have been behind a teenager's decision to do that. But of course, it like, I don't use this word lightly, kind of traumatized, you know, the younger right. kid to see it. And in my experience, it's not like the kid mar- marched in the house and announced what went on. Like they felt really weird about it and then they held on to it for a few months and they didn't sleep for a few months and then it finally all came out. And so I have a little bit of a, um, you know, kind of seasoned sensitivity to, you know, you're sending your younger kid over to a house where, especially in a sleepover, it cannot be entirely supervised and you don't always know who's there and if, or if you don't feel like you're going to know who's there and you don't feel good about everybody who's there, I don't think it's worth it. I, I've, and I think that's very much, you know, maybe warped by my clinical experience of seeing the especially bad outcomes. But I think it's one of those things that is worth talking about. Mm. Mm. I hadn't even thought about older siblings and, and, and just in general, you know, they're in the rooms. It's part of the, the they don't want adults around, right? So uh, you kind of worry about that. We're going to pause these and take a quick break. And I want to ask you on the other side of the break, what about as the kids turn from tweens to teens? Can you stick to that no sleepover rule? We'll be right back. You're listening to Ask Lisa, The Psychology of Parenting. I'm all for healthy habits, but I don't trust quick fixes. This is why I love Daily Harvest. 
They take all of the work out of eating well, and all I have to do is enjoy. Daily Harvest makes it so easy for me to eat in the nutritious and delicious ways that I like. They take the planning, the prep, the cleanup out of cooking, and they deliver meals that are packed with vegetables and fruits straight to my door. The other thing I love about them is that it's not the same old boring meals. I love their dragon fruit and lime smoothie. I also love their butternut squash and rosemary soup. They also have this wonderful herbed squash and asparagus risotto. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com slash asklisa to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com slash asklisa for $30 off your first box and free shipping. dailyharvest.com slash asklisa. So I'm really starting to feel it in my mid-40s, just how much stress, hormone fluctuation, and a lack of sleep can really affect the way your skin looks, from dry skin to dark spots and acne. This is why I love One Skin. They can really help. They've got a simple skincare routine that tackles skin issues at the cellular level. I love that this is an all-women team of scientists. One Skin's developed a proprietary peptide called OS1 that's scientifically validated to actually improve the health of your skin beneath the surface. No irritation, no complicated multi-step routine. It's so simple. I really have felt the difference in how my face looks after using this product. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company by focusing on the cellular aspect of aging. One Skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. So get started today. Try it out with 15% off using the code AskLisa at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with the code AskLisa. And after your purchase, they'll ask where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them the Ask Lisa podcast sent you. I was recently watching an interview of the wife of a world leader. And in the middle of the interview, she reaches over to pull her bra strap up. And I thought, boy, this is something all women everywhere are struggling with. This is why I absolutely love Honey Love. I have the crossover bra, which is just so functional, but it feels so good on. I feel like I've got the support without feeling like I've got this heavy duty bra on. I've been through all the bras. The elastic wears out, the underwire pinches into your skin. You have to hand wash some. You can only wash it in this type of detergent. And I just wanted something that takes out all the fuss and will support me day in and day out. Honey Love's not just supporting women, it's empowering women. So treat yourself to the best bra on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com slash askalisa. You can use our exclusive link to get 20% off. That's honeylove.com slash askalisa to find your perfect fit. And after you purchase, they're going to ask you where you heard about them. We hope you support the show and tell them Askalisa sent you. Honeys, you deserve this. Free the pain and discomfort and keep the support with Honey Love. Welcome back to Ask Lisa, the psychology of parenting. We're talking about sleepovers and I'm just curious, Lisa, when you've got kids that get older, how long can a parent really hold out on this no sleepover rule? I think it gets harder. I think, um, you know, teenagers will sometimes like to have sleepovers. And what I would say is kind of wonderful, maybe to make this a little easier, is the older your kid gets, the more you can calculate how well your child can handle any curveballs that might come their way. You know, I think that by the time kids are 14, 15, 16, we can put more pressure on them and have higher expectations of if something doesn't feel right, they'll call us. If somebody's, you know, acting in a way that feels mean, that they'll stick up about it, you know, that we can 
have higher expectations and make it clear that the kind of freedom that a sleepover requires is only being granted because we really trust that kid to manage the various weirdnesses that can come up in the context of that freedom. So I think as kids get older, parents have more leverage to feel good about what's going on over there. I will say, Rena, though, um, with older teenagers also... One of the reasons they sometimes want to have sleepovers is they want to drink and not come home, Mm. right? Or they want to get high and not come home. So for families with older teenagers who are listening to this, if their kid's like, yeah, we're going to have a sleepover over at so-and-so's house again, right? (laughs) And you know so-and-so's house. And you're starting to get a scooby sense of like, is that so you guys can go out and party and come home really messy and no one's going to care? Like that, um, using the sleepover to sleep it off phenomenon is not all that rare in older adolescents. And I don't want any parent to think that they're being um, too suspicious or paranoid if they start to sense that's what's happening, because <sighs> that definitely does happen. Yeah. You know, we did an episode in season two about, you know, boyfriends wanting or, or girlfriends wanting to sleep over and what do you, how do you handle that? So that, that was a great episode. But, you know, you get into the teen years, you're, you're, you're opening up a can of worms that I haven't you know, quite yet open because my kids are younger, but from significant others and handling sex and drugs and alcohol and all of this stuff, boy, I mean, there's a lot of things that suddenly change the tween sleepover in the teenage years. Well, it's true. And and it's an interesting thing. Like nighttime is a very unique time, right? Things are happening quietly. The adults are asleep. You know, they're sort of in the house, but they're not really supervised, right? So it creates... These very strange conditions for things that during the day we know how to handle. But if it's happening under your roof at night or if you've made it possible for things to happen, then I think we do need to examine it carefully. So, Rena, here's a question for you. Do your kids have sleepovers? You know, we really haven't done much. And I think it's largely because of COVID and, you know, as we're sort of emerging out. They do a lot, um, like we'll travel to different cities to be with their cousins, and then we we do things like that, which, um, you know, they, they do one night and they're a hot mess for the rest of the week. <laughs> That's really my biggest, at this point, my biggest fear with them is like it just is a hot mess for a week. But, you know, my daughter definitely wants them. I, I want her to have them, and she's got a great group of friends, so it's not something that I worry about her doing. But I guess I come back to this, like, do we really have to do this? It's the after effects for me in the tween years that I just hate. But I kind of understand she wants to be with her girlfriends and, and they're cute together and they have a good time. But um, and I think about the pandemic, you know, they've missed out on so many things. Right. So like if this is really like, you know, we're doing OK. If this is the worst of the issues right now. Well, so let's imagine, though, just for the sake of argument, that you decide for her next birthday, she begs you. She's like, mom, 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 like, please, 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 can I have a sleepover, right? So she begs you to have her friends over. Um, How many, like, let's think about, like, if the family's in that position where they're having sleepovers or they've decided they're going to go through with it or (laughs) their kid is, like, saying, let me just try it once. Mm -hmm. Let's think through the kinds of parameters that could be put in place to make it less miserable mm-hmm, <laughs> as mm-hmm, a family. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the first question is, is it a very clear to you how many kids your daughter would want? Oh, I think like one or two max. Okay. 
So smaller is probably better, right? That, you know, that that idea of setting some pretty, you know, clear parameters around how many kids are we talking. Um, And one of the things that's tricky is sometimes kids are in big friend groups and they don't really feel like they've got the latitude to say, you know, if the parent says you can have four kids over, which already feels like a lot, um, but if the parent says that, they may say, yeah, but my friend group has six people in it, and there's no comfortable way to, you know, cut cut that out down. And I think that's a place where the parent might actually really stick to their, you know, position and say, you tell your friends that I'm being the bad guy about this, right? Mm-hmm. That I can't have more than four, mm-hmm. and so we're not doing a sleepover because you don't want to not invite everybody. Um, you know, like, I don't know how much a parent should have to bend if they're feeling uncomfortable about numbers. But then again, you said something else, Rena. Like, your friends, your daughter's friends are really, like, they're great kids. Like, you they know they are. get together well as a dynamic, yes. right? And so another way that we could kind of do this calculus for a family trying to figure it out is if you can tolerate the idea of, like, the whole friend group of six coming over, one thing I'd want a parent to assess is, is it a friend group that actually does really well together on a consistent basis? Or is it a friend group where within that friend group, they can either be ugly with each other or they can get ugly with other people, right? That they can sometimes act in ways as a group that is unkind to other people. If you know that's a possibility, I would have the family seriously consider whether it's worth having all seven of those kids, including your own, under your roof, unsupervised, oh, overnight. Okay. So you got to think of those dynamics, too. Yeah. And I think the the thing we're not talking about is where are the cell phones during the sleepover? Why is that So important? your daughter does not yet have one, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, what if, let me ask you this, Rena. What if you're for your daughter's next birthday, and how old will she be again on her next birthday? The next birthday, she will be 11. Okay. So it could totally happen that you're like, all right, this is fabulous. You can have your two darling friends over. This is great. You know, I know these kids are wonderful. And, um, you know, we're going to give it a try. And one of the kids shows up with a phone and wants to have it with them mm-hmm. for the duration of the sleepover. Oh. What do you think? Oh, I had never thought of that. Totally happens. Totally happens. But, okay, if this is the teenage years, you know, if if this is where one person doesn't have a phone, another, maybe I'll talk with the parent and just say, is it okay with you? We charge ours and can she charge it and then we'll have her check in at night before and leave it that way. I think that's probably how I would handle it. But... If it is everybody has cell phones and they're they're teens, I don't you can't really say okay everybody here's where you put your cell phones at night right can you or can you right I mean I think that this is this is I think a really in all of these questions about sleepovers I will tell you Rena I think this is the hardest one never thought I think this is the hardest one because like you say asking a teenager to hand over their phone is a big deal. Right. A very big deal. And then, of course, there are parents who will make the argument. And I think this is a fair enough argument that my kid needs to be able to be in touch with me Mm -hmm. while Mm -hmm. at your house. Right. So should have their phone. And yet it does happen. And this gets back to why I don't like having kids have phones in their bedrooms, even if it's just them themselves in their room. You know, 1 a.m., your judgment is bad, Ooh, right? Good point. 1 a.m. with all your friends around, your judgment yes. is worse, right? And True. And that's what we know about how kids calculate risk is 
in the cold light of day, they might be like, oh, you know, it would be a really bad idea to take a, you know, a, a video of all of us singing along to this raunchy song. Like they will know that at mm. noon, <laughs> right? <laughs> at 1 a.m., a pack of kids, you know, kind of punchy and, you know, low, low controls, high impulse might be like, let's totally take a video of us wow. singing along to this raunchy song and also <laughs> bumping and grinding in these ways that, you know, and then we'll yeah. put it up, you know? Yeah. And so, so that's the, that's one version of where things go off the rails. The other is, and I hate this, but it does happen. Kids can just start getting mean, right? Mm-hmm. They can just, mm-hmm. you know, gang up on a kid online, you know, maybe a kid who's at the sleepover, more likely a kid who's not at the sleepover. And at one or two in the morning, just do and say all sorts of things that should never have happened. Mm-hmm. So I think, again, we go back to the calculus. Who's coming to the party? Do they ever do stuff like this in any other setting? Do, can you really trust they're not going to if you are going to let them have their phones? And if you're feeling witchy about it as a parent, and I would say pretty late into adolescent development, you certainly have my blessing to say to families, here's how we do sleepovers. We're going to, you know, have the kids have their phones till 10 p.m. And then in our house, the rule is that there are no phones with you overnight. So we're going to have them in our room. If you need to be in touch with your kid, call me. We will answer it and we will get the phone to her. Oh, interesting. So is that what you do? You you have a place at a certain time and you have them just leave them all there and then they just get them in the morning. Then you tell the parent, if, if you're trying to reach them in the middle of the night, this is what we're doing. I, that is absolutely a way you can handle it. And you can also say to the kid, if you need to reach your parent, just come to me. I'll give you your phone. Okay. Right? Like okay. That it's not like it's not accessible to you, yeah. but it's not going to become part of how you are playing yeah. with each other. And what I would say is this is a pretty rigid rule. Like this will strike some families as very severe. And so if it's the rule that feels right for you, I think you should actually let people know in advance. Like, I don't think it's the kind of thing that you should tell people when they're dropping their kid off. Oh, okay. I think it should be part of the invite. You know, just say, like, here's how we do it in our house. We don't have phones overnight. So, and and you can also add a little further. You can say, and what we really want is for the kids to just enjoy one another's company, you know, and not spend the whole time staring at their screens. Like, so so here's what we're going to do. But we've got all these parameters in place. If there needs to be contact, of course, we're going to make that work. But I would say that's a huge factor in mm. making a sleepover work Wow, work. I hadn't thought of that. And I, I'm kind of thinking now that you're probably going to be the house that nobody wants to go to a sleepover. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, fine. That's, that's just fine. fine. With me. <laughs> we don't need to be the house that people want to come to. Um, <sighs> okay, so there's that. Um, Okay, so we've let's say we've solved the cell phone problem. Of course, there's no real solution in the end to the cell phone problem. Okay, what about the issue, how do you feel about this one, of like how much do you harp on kids to finally go to sleep? Or how much Mm. do you have a lights out? Or how much do you insist that there's a time when like they got to shut it down? Okay. What's interesting, because my my daughter is a very, like she's always been a very early riser. To this day, she's still in the preteen years an early riser. But by like 8.30, she literally, just like her mother, is like passed out. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like just cannot keep her eyes open. So I wonder, you know, keeping in mind sleep patterns and whatnot, well, I mean, can you just say, okay, nine o'clock lights out? Yeah, I don't think you can say nine o'clock. <laughs> Even for tween? Yeah. Oh. I think that, unfortunately, 
I mean, I guess one question is, how much do you not want to be the house where anybody wants to come? Right. <laughs> right. And you're like, actually, 730 lights out would be fine. Um, but I think, you know, part of the fun is staying up late. But of course, after the lights go out, they're going to continue to mess around and talk and whatever. Yeah. So yeah. this makes me think it's probably worth having a game plan with your kid in advance of saying, when do you want me? I'm happy to be the tough guy in this. When do you want me to tell kids it's life lights out? When do you want us to come back down and say, OK, it's time to be quiet, mm. quiet? Like, you know, see if there's some pacing you can do that your kid has agreement on before you have kids in the house. But then it looks like it's all coming from you. That's, I think, another way to play it. The other thing, Mina, that I have seen and I think is really, really useful to do in terms of, like, advanced planning with your kid if you're going to have a sleepover, though I think after this episode, like, nobody's going <laughs> no to No one's coming to my house for sleepovers, Let's clearly. Let's to your house for sure. <laughs> um, one thing is I have gotten emergency calls from friends where um, they became aware that kids had smuggled booze into the sleepover. Oh. Like, they just were, they, they knew, like, they heard clinking or something. Like, they, they'd invited kids over, and they had an older teenager, and another teenager showed up with stuff. And the parents, you know, didn't make a scene about it, but they were like, what the heck are we supposed to do? And so in that scenario, I coached them to actually um, ask their daughter to come up for something and then say, we know this is happening. How can we help? Oh, wow. And, and to strategize with the kid. So that's one option. Another option is a family could get out in front of it and say, look, um, we mostly know the kids who are coming over. We wouldn't have them over if we didn't basically trust yeah. <laughs> you yeah. and your friends. But we also get it. There's a kind of out-of-control quality to sleepovers. Like, we can't supervise them perfectly, and it's like the middle of the night. If there are anything's going on that you feel uncomfortable with, come get us, and we will figure out with you what to do Ooh, to good. shut it down in a way that lets you save face, yeah. right? Like, you can do that kind of planning, and you could be like, whatever, you guys are so annoying. It's really good, I think, to have that kind of conversation. Okay, so it's interesting. So you're saying we've got to have these talks with your kid before so it doesn't all go awry and that you've worked out a game plan ahead of time. Yeah, and... And a game plan where you're like, we'll be the bad guys. Yeah, you know, yeah. you can say you're going to the bathroom, let us know what's going on, and then we'll suddenly come on yeah, down unexpectedly yeah. or whatever. But partner with your kid about ways that sleepovers can go a little bit sideways. Yeah. Um, but couldn't it also be – Is another thing you can couldn't do. Couldn't it also be a good thing? Like, it, you know, if they're going to drink, wouldn't it be better that they're doing it in a safe space than, you know, in driving and out somewhere in a back lot or whatever? Oof. Okay, so that is a really important question. Um, the most important answer I have for you on that is if a kid drinks at your house and goes out and hurts themselves or hurts someone else, you are legally liable. In every state? Uh, I wouldn't take my chances. I mean, I think look up where you are, you know, state by state. But even if you didn't know that they were drinking, you Even if you didn't know and you can even prove if you, you didn't, didn't know? know yeah. Oh, no. There are situations, legal situations, where the family wasn't even in town. Oh, my god. And gosh. kids had kids over, and something horrible happened, and that family ended up in jail. Like, those parents ended what? up in jail. What? Yeah. Oh, no, my so- gosh. Lisa, this is like the first talk I need to have at the age of five. <laughs> you you well, freaked me out now at this point. If there's something to be freaked out about in parenting, this is one of them, right? Wow, so really? I, I think, you why. know, if your kid's like, so if your kid's like, what's the big deal? What if we get, you know, so what if we drink here and it's safe? You can say, here's the big deal. Um, if anything goes wrong, if somebody gets hurt here or after the fact as a result of the drinking, 
we could be in real legal jeopardy, and, and that's why. And, I mean, it's hard to argue with that, I think. Or has an allergic reaction to something, yeah. or, you know, yeah. you just never know, right? You never know. You never know. So that's the answer on drinking. Like, you got to be really, really smart about that. That is fascinating. Okay, so sleep over city. Yeah. Oh, I still will pass. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Next episode. <laughs> No, so, I'm glad we talked about it. No, I really am because there are so many things that I just hadn't thought of. So what do you have for us, Lisa, for parenting to go? Uh, no sleepovers? No. Um, that's too easy. <laughs> I think the takeaway parenting to go in this episode is treat your kid like a partner in potentially dicey situations. That any time you know your child might be stuck between wanting to save face with their friends and wanting to do the right thing, if you can get out in front of that and say, we want you to be able to do both, here's a strategy. You can, you know, call us or send us this text or come up and say, you know, these secret code words. That is a huge gift to give your kid. And it's a realistic understanding of how complicated these situations are for the kid who's sitting in the middle of them. Mm. One of the biggest takeaways I've always had from this podcast is having conversations early before things happen with your kids yeah just so you're kind of gaming things out and um yeah having these conversations ahead of time really matters and next week in fact we're going to talk about how do i get my kid to give up pot i'll see you next week see you next week thanks for joining us be sure to subscribe to the ask lisa podcast so you get the episodes just as soon as they drop And send us your questions to AskLisa at DrLisaDemore.com. And now a word from our lawyers. The advice provided on this podcast does not constitute or serve as a substitute for professional psychological treatment, therapy, or other types of professional advice or intervention. If you have concerns about your child's well-being, consult a physician or mental health professional. If you're looking for additional resources, check out Lisa's website at DrLisaDemore.com. We'll see you next week.